You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Good morning. Welcome. It is so good to be with you this morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Josh, and I have the huge privilege of sharing God's Word with us this morning. We are just as of today, embarking on a new sermon series over summer through the book of Proverbs. It's going to be incredible. Um, We've called it Sacred Wisdom for a Secular Age. And what I want to do today is provide a bit of an introduction to this series. I want to really begin the journey of unpacking what it means and what it looks like to have a life marked by wisdom. So are you ready? At the end of these eight or nine weeks, we are going to be a wise church. It's going to be awesome. Now, I have to be honest with you. I have made some unwise choices in my life. Anyone else? Did anyone else growing up make some unwise choices? I, looking back through my teenage years, I made some unbelievably unwise choices the early years at university, some Relentlessly unwise choices. In fact, the wise choices were a bit of an anomaly, to be honest. I made some unwise financial choices. Um, well, I once bought a scratch card, and I won 10 pounds, and I thought, why doesn't everyone do this? This is easy money, and I bought more, and I lost everything. Um, I made some fi- unwise financial choices. I remember when Hannah and I got engaged, she said, right, Josh, she was tra- studying to be an accountant at the time. She said, let me look through your bank account. We'll see what I'm marrying into. And uh, so I, I handed over the, you know, the reins, my, not the reins, but I showed her my bank <laughs> details. She said, okay, Josh, you've got a uh, direct debit for about 40 pounds coming out of your bank every month. Who's it going to? And I said, what's a direct debit? <laughs> and I had no idea. But I want to tell you this morning the story. Some of you made this, um, may have heard this before, of my least wise choice ever. Are you ready for my least wise choice? I was 15 years old, and this is no judgment here in church. So if you've made some unwise choices, you'll be right there with me. But this is the story of when I got arrested. And it's a true story. <laughs> yeah, let's turn the camera off for this. No. So I remember my mum, I blame my mum for this because um, it's mainly her fault. She used to make me pack lunches, which weren't very good. It'd be like a piece of bread with a bit of marmite on a, a banana. And uh, I, what I used to do, I, I felt too bad to say, mum, I don't really want your packed lunch. Um, so I used to take the packed lunch, throw it away on the way to school, and then buy myself a, uh, some sort of other lunch, usually a sausage roll, a bag of crisps, and an uh, extra large Twix, another one of my unwise choices. And um, I used to throw my lunch away on the way to school. Now, one day, every day, before, on the way to school, I used to have to cross over an A road, dual carriageway, to get to school. Now, one day, we were crossing this big bridge over, walking over it, and I had my packed lunch, and one of my friends said, hey, Josh, why don't you throw your banana off the A6, the A6 bridge? So I thought, oh, I'm a bit nervous about that, but you know, when you're 15, you're insecure, you want to be liked, you want everyone to think you're cool, so I thought, okay, let's do this. So just as I thought, yeah, I made the decision, I'm going to throw this banana off the bridge, there was a council van lorry coming down the A6. It's a dual carriageway, 70 miles an hour. Not proud of this. And, uh, and in the back of the council van lorry, it was open. It was like one of those vans that you can 
put stuff in. So I thought, I'm going to aim it, and I'm going to land it in the back of the council van lorry. It's going to be awesome. Everyone's going to think I'm the coolest kid in school. And so I did it. It came towards me. I threw the banana underarm, and um, it hit the windshield of the council van lorry. And the council van lorry kind of screeched. Thankfully, it wasn't too busy and, and slowed down and then carried on going. No one was hurt. And then the council van lorry pulled in at the next stop and came all the way around to meet us as we were walking off the bridge. So the man got out of the council van lorry furious and he said, did you throw something off the bridge? And I said, of course, no. No, that wasn't me. It was the guys behind us. And I could see on the council van lorry the windscreen wipers going and mashed banana on the windscreen. So anyway, the guys behind us said, no, it wasn't us. It was the guys in front of us, Josh Turner and the names of my friends. He called the police. The police came and it was it was the worst day of my life. I remember I was crying like a little baby. My mum had to pick me up. I've had fingerprints done. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but does anyone make anyone feel better about their unwise choices? Good. I have made some unwise choices. And so we're talking about making wise choices. We're talking about wisdom. Every single one of us wants to know how to live well, don't we? How to get the best out of our time here on earth, how to thrive in every area of our life how to ensure that our relationships are meaningful and healthy, how to handle our emotions wisely, how we should think about money and work and parenting, how do we use our influence wisely. So how do we get to a place where life just works? Now, these are not new questions. These are questions that have been wrestled with for millennia, and this series is set up to explore some of these ancient questions uh, in the culture that we live in today. So we're going to be camped in the book of Proverbs. Now, if you've never read the book of Proverbs before, I am so excited for you. The book of Proverbs is an ancient spiritual text in the Old Testament. So if you've got a Bible, turn roughly halfway just after the Psalms. It is a collection of wise sayings which contain principles that have helped people make wise choices for thousands of years. And it covers the whole of life. The Proverbs talks about money and emotions and alcohol and words and thought life and business and investments and family relationships and fights and conflict and friendship and neighboring and guidance and planning and government and authority and laziness and hard work and physical discipline and choosing a spouse and wealth and poverty. And it even talks about table manners. I need to reread that one. Here's the big idea. The book of Proverbs is wisdom for the whole of life. It's a practical and spiritual guide for how we navigate life's waters. I remember the first time I sailed across the Irish Sea, I think it is, to visit Hannah's family on the Isle of Man. I was a little bit lazy at that point in my life, and I hadn't booked a flight, another unwise decision, so I had to go by ferry. The thing you need to know about me is I get easily seasick. So I was sat on this ferry. It was a two and a half hour journey. I was promised it's going to be super quick. It's the middle of summer. The seas will be flat. You will be fine. My first unwise decision of the day was eating a share a bag of cheese and onion crisps. Big mistake. 
unwise. So it's a two and a half hour journey, and half an hour in, even 20 minutes in, everyone else is fine. I begin to feel a bit peaky. And I just think, right, this is my time. I need to get a cubicle in the toilet quickly. So I went in, locked myself in, worship music on, and it was a dreadful two and a half hours. Let me say the crisps came up to say hello again. After two and a half hours, I come out of the cubicle and look around me, and it's like the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. Okay, bodies everywhere. And I managed to speak to one of the guards and say, when are we arriving? It's been two and a half hours. We must be there. He said, the seas are too choppy. We've got another two and a half hours to go. Dreadful, disaster. It was the worst thing in my life. And then I said to Hannah, I'm never getting the ferry again, and we, we never have. I hear people that have great experiences with ferries, and I'm just like, I don't understand or I don't believe. But for many of us, life is a bit like that journey, right? Disorienting, confusing. We feel like we're in no man's land, miles from where we want to be or where we feel like God is calling us to be. Especially right now in this cultural moment that we find ourselves in, we are living in pretty unprecedented times with the mass rise of technology and social media. Parents, if you've got kids navigating that space with wisdom is, or we need wisdom to do it. Ivy now walks around the house saying, iPad, watch. And it's like, what have we done? (laughs) There's conflict on a global scale. There's relational breakdown on a local scale, like at home, marriages, uh, family difficulties. The world on the whole is in a lot of financial difficulties with the cost of living crisis. We live in a post-truth culture, really. So many conspiracy theories. We're like, how do we know what to believe? We live with environmental issues. How do we live wisely for the future generations? There are so many issues facing us today. Is it possible for us not just to survive in the midst of all this, but actually thrive? And I believe the answer is yes. And I believe the solution comes from growing in wisdom. Rich Nathan, the pastor in the States, recently said this, God, our Father, doesn't prepare the world for his children He doesn't remove everything that causes pain. Instead, he prepares his children for the world. And the way he does this is by making us wise. So I believe in this series, we are going to be even more prepared for some of the difficult issues that we are going to be facing. This is going to be a practical sermon series. First thing Monday morning when you encounter um, a a conflict or a family disagreement or a boss at work that is causing you issues, you'll be able to navigate those situations with wisdom. And I believe the world around us who is living in so much turmoil and confusion and conflict and brokenness, the world itself is looking for a people who are able to navigate the choppy waters of our culture. And I believe, church, that we are called to be that uh, community, a colony of heaven in an environment of death. I read that quote this week. So wisdom, and this is what the Proverbs is all about. Look at the opening of Proverbs One, the first few verses of Proverbs, it says this, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, 
for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in wise behavior, for doing what is right and just and fair. This is what the Proverbs is all about. The book of Proverbs is an invitation to step into God's wisdom and God's vision for the earth that we may experience life and life to the full and lead our city back home to God. So what is wisdom? Let's start there. What is wisdom? Well, Proverbs uses the word, the Hebrew word, chokmah. Now, can everyone say chokmah? Chokmah. Learn a bit of Hebrew this morning. Now, chokmah means wisdom. But it um, really goes a lot deeper than just what we think of when we think of wisdom. It is the word used in the ancient world for artisans, for creatives, for craftsmanship, chokmah. It is the language of skillfully making something beautiful. Have you ever thought of wisdom like that? If you want to know what wisdom is, it is the art of crafting something beautiful out of every area of your life out of your relationships, out of your kids as you unfold your kids if you have kids, or your work, or your finances, or your holidays, or your business, so that you can experience life and then bring life to the world. See, wisdom is far more than knowledge. It's far more than just an intellectual idea or knowing how something works. Wisdom is about craftsmanship. Proverbs 3.19 says this, by wisdom... The Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. So God used wisdom to create the world. So wisdom is a creative partnership with God himself to release his divine design upon the earth. Wisdom's more than knowing just what to do. It is about being empowered as sons and daughters to bring heaven to earth. Later in the Proverbs, it uses this metaphor of our lives being like a home. It's our vision, isn't it? Our lives are like a home. Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 4 says this, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Three words there, which the Proverbs speaks over and over again. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, they are interconnected and overlapping words, but the foundation is wisdom. If we want to build our lives into beautifully crafted homes, we need chokmah, we need wisdom. And so let me unpack the word a little bit more of what chokmah means, wisdom. There are three meanings to this word wisdom that I think is so helpful for us to understand. I want to give a 360 view of what wisdom is as the Bible uses it. So the first sense in which the word wisdom is used in Scripture is the art of living successfully. Okay, so the art of living successfully. The meaning of chokmah in this sense is incredibly practical. It's the kind of wisdom where if you apply it, it will lead to success in every area of your life. As I said earlier, it's not just academic knowledge, not just head knowledge, but it's the ability to steer a course through our world with skill and dexterity and competence. Proverbs 3, 1 to 4 says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. 
Skip verse three to verse four. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Here are some of the benefits of wisdom. Living with wisdom has a whole life benefit. It has the ability to literally prolong your life. I read a statistic the other day which said um, partners in the financial sector in a specific area's life expectancy is 67 because of the stress and the pressure and the weight that goes on them. I want to suggest that living wisely, how we spend our time, what we do with our work, what we put in our bodies, what we think about in our mind, has the ability to prolong our life. It also says it has the capacity to establish peace in our souls, to bring increased favor upon us and success in our relationships with people and our life with people. So the meaning of wisdom is being able to navigate all areas of life skillfully in order to bring success. So we're able to engage in conversations and even conflict with wisdom and tact. We're able to manage our finances and investments that we might have with skill and wisdom. We can run businesses which flourish and bring life to communities. We're able to solve problems in society with heavenly wisdom. We're able to steward what God has given us, whatever that might look like, in such a way that we see a multiplication. Reminded this week of the parable of the talents where Jesus says, it doesn't really matter how much you've got in your hands, but he wants us to, to steward what we've been given that we might see a multiplication for the kingdom. And we do that with wisdom. The second area is not just about living successfully or skillfully. It is the art of living righteously, the art of living well. So wisdom is just goes beyond navigating things successfully. The wisdom hokma is really also about how to be good, how to be good and also how to avoid evil. Notice the language in the first few verses of Proverbs about righteousness and justice and equity. Proverbs 2.20 says that if you get wisdom, you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. So Hokmah is more than just successful living. It is about bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Wisdom realigns every situation and every relationship and every decision and every, every word that we say back to the kingdom of God and brings heaven to earth. As we sung today, let your kingdom come, let heaven come. What wisdom does is wisdom allows us to see heaven and bring that to earth in practical ways. Let me say this, it is possible, in fact, we see it all the time, to have wisdom in terms of living skillfully and successfully and miss the heart of God. Lots of people in the world have, from the outside, what looks like great success without the wisdom of living well. They look like they have power and wealth and popularity, and yet they lack integrity. They lack character. They trample on the vulnerable and the marginalized. They ignore hokma for living righteously, and we have to do both. There's so much in the Proverbs about taking care of those in need. Let me give you a few. Proverbs 14, 21, whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who's generous to the poor. Proverbs 14, 31, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deeds. So we need wisdom, hokma, to live righteously, to live like Jesus. 
But then the flip side, and we don't often think about this, do we, that a lot of people have great character. They have great hokma, rich in wisdom for doing the right thing, honoring God and caring for those in need. They're wise with words or remarkable generosity, but maybe lack wisdom in living successfully. So, for example, their heart is for God and for people, but maybe they haven't learned wisdom with relational boundaries. Their heart is for generosity, but maybe they've not learned wisdom in budgeting. Their heart is to do great things for God, and they have great wisdom in that sense, but they struggle to manage their diaries and are always late. So while they may have wisdom for living well, if we've not built the infrastructure or the architecture in our lives to Um, it can sometimes hinder our flourishing in every area of our life. Does that make sense? That we might not have the relational or financial or emotional bandwidth to see the goodness that we have in that Hokma sense multiplied. So we need both. So there is a practical application of wisdom, living successfully. There is a, a righteous, a moral wisdom for living successfully. But then there's also a third dimension. And that is the art of living spiritually. So Proverbs paints a picture of wisdom which goes beyond skillful living and goes beyond just doing good, which is so important. And it is about living completely connected to our creator. Proverbs 9, 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding Tremper Longman III wrote this brilliant commentary. Don't laugh, that's his name. What fascinates me about Tremper Longman was that there were two Tremper Longmans before him. (laughs) Isn't that unbelievable? He was the third one. He wrote this brilliant quote. Wisdom is not simply a matter of learning certain principles of life and applying them mechanistically. I practice this as well. (laughs) Mechanistically. Wisdom begins with a relationship with God. That this relationship is described as characterized by fear. The fear of the Lord means that the sages, those that wrote the Proverbs, understand their place in the universe. I love that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, fearing God is not just about being, it's not at all about being afraid of God. It's not about being terrified of a, a dictator or a fickle God who is always disappointed and disapproving and distant in his ways. Fearing God is about knowing our place in the universe and seeing him for who he is as a perfect father who is always good, who is always kind, who is infinitely loving. Fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. It is how we step into heavenly wisdom. It is respect. It is an awe. It is about understanding our place in the universe. And as we see this God that we worship for who he is in his majesty and all his glory as the creator of all things, who breathed the universe into existence, who at this very moment is in Christ holding all things together, who formed us in our mother's wombs, who knows the number of hairs on our heads, who knows all our sin and yet loves us unconditionally, who is sovereign over all things, who makes nations rise and fall, who is on the throne. As we look to this God, we adopt a posture. Fearing God means we adopt a posture of God. You are God and I am not. Your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe God's vision for the world and for my life is the way to pursue. Maybe I need more of God's wisdom rather than the wisdom of my social media channel. Maybe I should step off the throne and allow Jesus to fully occupy the throne of my heart. And I believe as we do that, the Proverbs is clear, as we sit under the fear of the Lord, it leads to greater wisdom, which leads to greater flourishing. This is wisdom. Living skillfully, living righteously, and living spiritually. We must have all three. Wisdom goes far more than just knowing what to do in a moment. It's a whole life experience of crafting something beautiful in our city for the sake of Jesus. And so over the next couple of months, we're going to be unpacking many incredibly practical um, tips and, uh, and themes that run through the books of Proverbs with a variety of brilliant speakers. But before I come into land and we pray, I want to give you three takeaway points on the Proverbs, which I think is so helpful to remember as we step into this. So first of all, the Proverbs are principles, not promises. Okay, principles, not promises. Great quote from a guy called Liam Thatcher who um, pastors a church in London. He said, the Proverbs is not a collection of hard and fast legal guarantees from God. Proverbs are not promises, but they are principles that are generally the case. So the blessings mentioned in this book are things you are likely to experience if you choose to follow the way of wisdom, but you are not promised automatic success because we live in a complex world where things don't always work out as we might hope. And this is important because if we're not careful, we can try and use biblical principles for living as found in the Proverbs to, as an attempt almost to manipulate God into giving us what we want, our life how we want it rather than how he does. The book of Proverbs is not a self-help book. It's not a way to use God as a slot machine, but it presents the way of wisdom, which is ordered and fair and leads to thriving, but it's much more complex than that. Proverbs 10, let me give you an example of this. Verse four says this, a slack hand makes poverty, a determined hand makes rich. Does that mean that everyone that works hard will be financially wealthy? No, just like it doesn't mean that everyone that is lazy will be poor, but the principle is there and it is incredibly wise. So there are principles, not promises. Secondly, the book of Proverbs speaks about responsibilities, not rights. So God has given every single one of us responsibility to steward our lives wisely to make wise choices which lead to flourishing and avoid foolish choices which lead to pain and destruction. Constantly throughout the book of Proverbs, they are contrasting the life of the wise with the life of the foolish. We have responsibility. Too often we are quick to blame other people, even blame God for how our life has turned out. Too often, I know I've done this so often in my life, just like I blame my mom for me getting arrested, We blame other people. We refuse to take responsibility. Sometimes things happen which are completely out of our control. But on the whole, as followers of Jesus, much of our life is crafted and built in ordinary moments 
as we make decisions. Apparently, we make 30,000 choices every single day. 30,000. Now, some of those don't need a lot of wisdom, like what to eat for breakfast, but a lot of them, although that probably does take wisdom, actually. Anyway, I won't go into that. Ordinary choices of wisdom. A lot of Christians, I've been there myself, expect God to live my life for me. I want to know what to do next. I want God to give me a spectacular answer in the sky, and then we blame God when it goes wrong. But often when we expect the spectacular, we are refusing to take responsibility for our own lives. And living with wisdom is about making empowered choices which lead to flourishing in our lives, in the lives of those around us. It's about building our lives well. Finally, as we read the Proverbs, we have to, and as we step into this series, we must be people that pursue wisdom and pray for wisdom. We must be people who pursue wisdom with everything. Read these few verses with me in Proverbs 2, 1 to 6. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Notice the language that Solomon uses for how we are to interact and pursue and pray for wisdom. Receive my words. That means to not just hear, but to live out. Treasure up my commandments. Be attentive. Pay attention. Incline your heart. Call out. Raise your voice. Pray for it. Seek it. Search for it. We must be people. We must be a church. I want to implore you, be a church that pursues wisdom. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And I, I hope over this summer, our prayer as a community is, Lord, make us wise for the sake of our city, for the sake of the broken out there that we're able to step into and lead to life, for the sake of our homes and our kids and our future and our legacy, for the sake of our families, for the sake of those around us. May we be a community that model heavenly wisdom that our city might be transformed in every conversation in every financial decision, in every job application, in every interaction with my kids, in every moment I share with my spouse, in how I connect with work colleagues, in what I buy, in what I eat, in what I watch, in what I listen to, in the problems in my community, in the lives of, of those around me that don't know Jesus. God, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. And as many of us here in this room right now, and God is leading us towards a future of fruitfulness and flourishing, and he wants us to imbue, he wants to imbue us again with great wisdom. And that is what we're going to be doing over the next few months. Are you ready for it, church? Are you excited? I love the enthusiasm. Stunning. Hey, why don't we stand? We've got plenty of time to pray for one another. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect and stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church 
go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.